Shane's going to read us some facts, and we're going to decide if they're fact or bullshit, which I guess makes them not facts right out the gate. He's going to tell us some things, and we're going to decide if we think he's full of shit or not. We'll see if that works or not. 1962 Halloween bullshit. murders. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I don't believe in 1962. Halloween story in the news today you believe in ghosts and the paranormal do are they are they ufos or are they like some crazy experimental you know governmental i don't know plans that they're building and police in espanola are catching more than just criminals they're catching images of what they believe are ghosts weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. (laughs) One, uh, uh, uh. Wait, what? Is that what that is? (laughs) I'm not sure. Welcome to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm John. That was so seductive. Very much so. It's Halloween, I don't know. I just tried to spice it Step up a little bit. Step it up bit. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. No. So uh, my vote for the title of this episode is Spooky Buttholes, True Crims, and Bullshit Myths Around Our Modern Halloween. You and buttholes, dude. I think you have an issue. True I really crims. do. True Crims. True, true Crims. True Crims. <laughs> so, anyway. I don't have anything else better, so. Uh, yeah, I think we'll go with that. I've been racking my brain for, what? three four days oh jesus what are we gonna call this what are we gonna do it we'll just when you guys were sending me all those articles like the the messages the tasks were coming up as just review content and i got bored while i was like typing in the names for all of them and that's how they this became yeah spooky buttholes was all over the place i'm like what there's a fascination here that i really don't want to know what's going on here i saw (laughs) a gif on twitter um that was like is my cat's butthole haunted and then like the cat was like playing around on the floor and all of a sudden something shiny flew out of its butthole. Oh, well, just, well, there's that. It was really funny. I laughed a lot Did at he it. take it to the vet or was it... Uh, Might have been Photoshop. I don't know. True. Yeah, more likely it was. But just, so. is my cat's butthole haunted? That cracked me up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, on that fucking note, yeah, we're professionals. Um, welcome to another episode. This professional, episode. professional dickheads. Yeah, right? <laughs> professionals get paid. Oh, Jesus. Um, this is kind of a loosey-goosey one, actually. So this is going to be the f- one just before All Hallows' Eve. And uh, we got quite a show for you guys, Ashley. We got a couple things. Um, I will say I've got a quick mention because I just saw it this weekend, if you guys are cool with me doing that, about Zombieland 2. Yeah. It, haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. It's it's not bad. It's like Zombieland 1. I mean, Zombieland, Zombieland like 1 was great. More. I thought it was good. It was funny. Fucking funny. You know, yeah. kind of picked up towards three quarters of the movie type thing. Um, they did bring uh, find a way to bring back Bill Murray, which whoa, I thought whoa, whoa, was hilarious. Whoa, whoa. Oh, everybody knows that. Spoilers, bro. That's not spoilers. I didn't anything. know that. Really? No. Well, you'll find out. All right. But it's all uh, over. By the time so, this is released, it's been out for a week already. No, the and rule so. is two weeks. Two weeks before you spoil stuff. Wow. Yeah. Oh, why well, did all that out? You know, what's funny <laughs> is I was like, man, that'd be cool if he was in it, but he died. <laughs> so there's no possible way. Well, he they didn't bring him back. 
back. Okay, listener, if you want to see Zombieland 2 unspoiled, please rewind this and then hit your head on something really rewind. hard. Rewind. And then fast forward over it. If you're listening for to like this 30 on, a, seconds. on a Walkman, maybe you can rewind. But uh, Do your internet-enabled devices not allow you to back up tracks you're listening to <laughs> on the internet? I don't know. Shame. So, but it was a good show. I uh, I enjoyed it. It was cool. It was cool seeing Woody Harrelson back in flying form, to be honest with you. Kind of neat. Yeah. yeah. Should you rules. tell us how it ends? or Probably. Um, no, I don't want to release that. <laughs> Jesus. I didn't think I would release that much, but uh, maybe I did. Well, I mean, that's probably the best part of the movie. Yeah, honestly, it was pretty good, but it's not the best part. Um, anyway, so it was a cool show. Uh, we try to kind of keep up with the new movies, what's going on. Um, books, you just finished one, actually. Well, I finished a movie and a book. Yeah. Which so, one are you going to talk about? Please tell us a little bit more, but not too much because not we might want to cover this well, um, Bill Murray is later in, date. Bill Murray isn't a part of this, so, I mean, there's no way he can be involved. Uh, <laughs> so today is the release date of Witness of Another World. And it is directed by Alan Stivelman. Uh, it is awesome. So it's 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 a documentary about a guy named Juan Perez that was abducted or not ab- not really abducted, but um, more of a contactee maybe. Which encounter though? What level did it say? I can never remember the butthole. classifications. Um, I mean, <laughs> they touch his butthole. Oh my That's God. level fourteen. Um. He basically had an encounter with a UFO and with, um, for lack of a better word, aliens. Okay. And he climbed aboard their ship. Um, he he was touched by them. Um, but the movie kind of just focuses. It doesn't focus so much on the quote unquote aliens hmm. or whatever they are. It okay. mainly focuses on the effect that it had on him as a person and his life and what kind of happens to these contactees um to their lives and how how their contact has affected them how how it changes and how, yeah wow. and uh it's it's actually a really moving and powerful documentary that's yeah it's it's recommended highly 10, uh, 10 well, out of 10 yeah i woke up and the first thing i did this morning was i bought it on amazon and it's definitely worth a watch um, the music in it is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the storytelling in it, in it is amazing, and it's just very human and wow. just very down to earth. And man, you just feel for this guy because it really messed him up. Like, uh, he's basically been living by himself in the middle of nowhere forever. No family or anything. He's really, got, or? He has some family. Um, and I was listening to an interview that the director did, and he said that after he did a showing in like Argentina, kind of where like his family's from and like everybody in the town, like went to go see it. Um, I guess they went up to Juan and were apologizing forever. Oh, wow. And just like saying, I'm so sorry. I didn't know this. Oh, is, wow. I didn't know this is what you were going through. And mm-hmm. you know, cause he's like, everybody just thinks I'm crazy and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's, it's, a, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty touching. To so it. like, yeah, yeah, don't, don't go into it thinking you're going to see all these aliens and this and that like yeah. it's 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 the human aspect of the phenomena yeah maybe That's we should a cool another little side point watch really. it together and it. uh did you just wink i mean i yeah. bought it so oh, okay yeah maybe we should watch it together and talk about it on the show yeah, yeah i think so um same thing with books you know we all seem like we're in fact i got another book thrown in my face today that i gotta try to pick up 
You um, don't know how to read. <laughs> shut up. I use crayons. That's fine. Um, I am about halfway through the Utah, you went to Utah display that was written yeah. in 76, but there was a revision in 2009 where he added a lot more. Um, I found it interesting. You know, it's full, again, for those of you, you might not know where Salt Lake is, or maybe you do, maybe you don't. Um, Utah Basin is about three hours away. If you've been listening to us for a while, that's where Skinwalker is. Um, there was a book kind of compiled, 1976, some encounters, actually a science teacher. He had over 300 UFO reports in that area. Um, and then there was an author that came in, decided to kind of compile that and put that together. I find it interesting because like one of the counters literally was these kids go to their parents and say, hey, you know, eight o'clock tonight, there's going to be something out by the mountain, by the haystacks. And the parents are like, what do you mean? What do you mean something? Well, it sounds like it's going to be a UFO or some kind of a something in the sky. And they're like, well, how do you know? Well, because the Ouija board told us. Yeah. Like that's one of the stories. So it it's very interesting. It's I, kind of firsthand witness stuff. I feel like we were talking about this book. Uh, we talked maybe a when little Josh bit in Skinwalker. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it got brought up with the Skinwalker. Um, it's interesting. Crazy. Never you know? trust a Ouija board, though. No, no, never trust a Ouija board. But you know, when you think about the theory and the theories flying out there, that they're all together. You know these weird anomalies. Yeah, that it's all kind of tied. Yeah, that's why I thought about it. It wasn't thing. about oh my god, a Ouija board telling them. It was more of and sure shit when the parents went out there at eight eight thirty. Yeah, there it was. There it was. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, what do you got on your side for books? Anything? I got I got something with the book. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, I just finished. I don't know how to read. <laughs> yeah, Josh doesn't know how to read. Uh, I just finished Phenomena by Annie Jacobson. And it's about the government's secret investigation into ESP and psychokinesis. And it goes into remote viewing. And yeah, it's awesome. I mean, anybody needs to read it, read it if you're interested. Uh, it starts in the 50s. Um, that's kind of when it, when it start, when their investigation started. Uh, and it just kind of chronicles chronicles the whole military investigation and where you know it it kind of goes from the cia to the dia to, and like you know it kind and they get defunded and then this other program gets funded and then you have sunstreak and oh, the stanford yeah, research that, institute right, right. and i mean it's 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 a 420 page book so i mean there's a there's a lot to it um, right. but it's it's fascinating and it talks a lot about remote viewing and now she's the one that also um, wrote area 51 right Yep, she that, wrote Area okay. Fifty One, uh, which Project I'm sitting paperclip. I have yet to yet to read that, but I'm working on it. That one's a great one too. I yeah. just finished that like a month or so ago. Well, the reason we're mentioning things like this is because we are getting close to hopefully having some extra content, bonus content. One of the ideas we played around with is um, what Paranormal Book Club, Josh. Yeah. You said, yeah. So yeah. Paranormal Book Club, like Shane bought a bunch of these like weird uh, his, history books, basically that deal with all sorts of this stuff. And then we're always reading things like, uh, John just finished phenomenon. So we're talking about maybe, uh, all reading up on those and then having a little book club, uh, and maybe putting that on Patreon along with like, uh, like full footage from whenever we do go out in the field instead of just clips and stuff, you know? Um, so we're hoping that's something that people would be interested in, um, yeah. help us, pay to put this thing out because sometimes it gets expensive 
It does every now and again. It'd be it, it's fun. Don't get me wrong, it is fun. However, it's nice to get that kickback. Just saying. Yeah. But if nothing else, it's extra content for us to bullshit about because we're always bullshitting. If we're not behind the mic, we're like a bunch of fucking chatty Cathy's by text. So <laughs> if you think this stops um, after the episode, it does not, unfortunately. Sometimes <laughs> I wish it go. would. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. But anyway. Uh, yeah. But cool. uh, let us know like what you think about that, if that's something you'd be into, because we're pretty excited about it. And we think it would be really fun. Yeah, we're playing well with a couple formats. We're kind of see where it lies. Um, again, you know, you can write us at uh, strangeuncles at gmail.com. You can find a website at mystrangeuncles.com. You can also call our hotline at 801-252-69. Yeah, it is. 45. And the reason we bring this up is because we actually have a call-in. Um, we figured being so close to All Hallows' Eve... We would throw this in here. Uh, kind of a spooky ghost story from a long-time listener. And um, here you guys go. Open the gates. I like that. Uh, welcome to Strange Uncle's Hotline. That's pretty good. <laughs> anyway, this is Sue, as you probably surmised. I thought I would give you that story that I told you when we met about my dad and the strange experience he had with a dream. He worked in financial aid at Weaver State for quite a period of time. And uh, this happened to him, as far as I can tell, in the 90s. But he didn't tell us about it until nearly 10 years after. So it might have been the late, late 80s. I think it really unnerved him. And I still have no explanation as to why or how, how it happened. But he uh, was dreaming one night dreamt that my dead Uncle Bill, who had been dead since 1968, had called him on the phone. Well, he picked up the phone, and he said that he realized he knew that he was dead, but it seemed like he was just calling from a vacation spot or something. It didn't strike Dad as weird. And uh, he proceeded to have a short conversation with, with my dead Uncle Bill on the phone. Well, anyway... My uncle said everything was fine, he was doing well, and he asked my father to look up a name in the phone book. And uh, Dad said, well, sure, just a minute. So he grabbed the phone book, this, of course, was the day before cell phones were as common as they are, and uh, looked for the name that was requested, gave my uncle the name, and uh, my uncle told him that he had to go. So he got off the phone, still not thinking it was very weird, and set the phone down, and it was at that moment that he woke up for real. The entire thing had been a dream, but it was so clear uh, and so disturbing that he didn't talk about it. And the thing that drove him nuts was the fact that he could not remember the name of the man that my Uncle Bill had asked for. Couldn't couldn't think of it, couldn't recall anything about it. Well, about two or three days later, he was reading uh, the paper, and there had been this horrific car accident up in Logan, which is north, as you probably know. And this poor man, James Cohosh, had been killed in the accident. And it was at that point that my dad remembered that that was the name that my uncle had asked for. And uh, it really, it kind of bothered him for years. He didn't talk about it. And one day at dinner, he said, I 
my dad um, proceeded to tell us what had happened because something else, of course, had happened that was equally weird. And uh, he said that uh, he'd had this dream, woke up and realized that it was not a dream or that it was a dream, that he hadn't actually been awake. It uh, was confusing and just weird as heck. He just couldn't figure out what was going on. And he'd given my uncle the name. He related the details of the story and then had forgot the name. And apparently, about two or three days before he finally told us the story, he was in, you know, working in the financial aids area in, at Weber State. And uh, this young man came in. And uh, my dad says, I can help you. You know, I can help you get your financial aid set up so that you can get your schooling paid for and get your get everything situated. And the young man proceeded to relate his name. His name was James Kohosh, Jr. And uh, I can just imagine my dad must have turned white at the gills. <laughs> but he said, uh, James, you go by James, Jim, Jimmy whatever, and then the young man went by Jimmy. He says, I want you to come sit in my office. You're going to think I'm crazy, but I've got a story to tell you. Well, it turned out that this young man was, in fact, the son of the Mr. Kohosh that had been killed in the accident. And uh, he just sat there dumbfounded when Dad told him what had happened. I don't know why Dad felt compelled to tell him, um, but it it was almost comforting in a way, I think, to him to realize that maybe it was just one of those things that his father's time was up and he needed to be someplace else, as hard as that is for people to, to accept when loved ones pass on. But uh, we sat there dumbfounded. I'd never heard anything weirder in my life. <laughs> it's just one of those strange stories that's been associated with our with our little farm, we've got a lot more. So keep up the good work. Love listening to strange uncles. Um, your cronies are a hoot. I get a kick out of them every time I, I listen to your broadcast. So keep keep being strange and close the gate. All right. So you too can actually call in. Um, call in our hotline, 801-252-69. Mm-hmm. 45. You can call in and uh, if you want to be anonymous too, that's fine. Let us know. Or even write in if you don't want your name out there. Either way, we just want to hear the story and we want to make sure that, uh, you know, we introduce you the right way and and you're accounted for. Yeah. So Or not accounted for and we completely exactly. respect your anonymity. Yep. I would say if you want to be anonymous, email at what's our strange uncles at gmail.com yeah. uh, and and just let us know you want to be anonymous and we won't say where we'll just say a listener. Um, you can do that on the phone too, but then we have to listen to it and write it out and we're not smart. Men. <laughs> well, we're a little smart. Um, also, but, yeah. uh, if there's a topic or a story that you would like us to kind of dive into, we're open to suggestions. Like we, we always have a lot of things that we're interested in, uh, looking for, but, uh, we want to know what you want to know about. So that would be helpful also. Yeah. It is one of those things where we'll take anything. And honestly, uh, even if it is a topic, that's fine. So we've got, uh, we're on every platform and everything else you want to do. Um, we're fine. Yeah. You know, but again, 
you know, that's a simple call in. I think we run into a lot of like even friends that say, man, I got this story, but I'm not too sure. Well, you know, we'll take care of that. I think that'll be fine. Yeah. If, so. Yeah. If you like, uh, so I had, I've had a few friends that listen, come up and be like, man, I've got stories, but I don't feel comfortable sharing. Uh, please let us know if you, if you don't want anyone to know that it was you, we won't say your name or anything like that. Yep. And we'll and go I from there. Tell anyone that you told me. Anyway, um, all right, we are actually going to roll into, again, this is Halloween for us. Um, we wanted to bring some things to the table, and I think we got some juicy artifacts there, and we'll make this work. Um, John had come to the table for some facts and crimes and some statistics about Halloween, because it kind of blows your mind on what, why? On yeah, Halloween. well, I never realized you know? that actually Halloween is one of the most dangerous days of the year. Yeah, I always thought that was not the case. Right? It's just a bunch yeah. of kids in uh, costumes. Well, yeah. I always thought it was like always blown out of proportion and stuff. Sure, yeah. Like it was kind of like a tall tale like, oh, yeah. That's... Yeah, like, yeah, that only happens in the movie Halloween mm-hmm. <laughs> in on actual Halloween. Yeah, but I mean, apparently Halloween is a dangerous day. Um, you have people wearing masks, painting their face, so um, anonymity is easy. And <laughs> so... It, Word of the I day, mean, folks. Yeah, so, I mean, g- going from, you know, bank robbery, like bank robberies increase, uh, overall crime across, there's 17% more crime-related claims on Halloween. Um uh, per Scott Humphrey, who handles risk control for travelers, the third largest personal insurer in the U.S. Um, there's roughly 175 million Americans that hit the street to trick-or-treat in masks in various states of inebriation, inebriation and just up to no good. A lot of people blame it on you know, drunkenness, but also people party way harder on new year's eve and even christmas yeah so i think it's just the costumes and the fact that everyone's dressed up and it's easy to get away with stuff and plus there's uh i think this last year spending on all hallows eve originally a day of remembrance for the dead will total nine billion dollars and it's the second biggest commercial holiday of the year wow so, Which it should be the first, but whatever. So Nobody's yeah, counting. these people are decorating their houses, doing all this stuff, but also they leave their house. So you have all these empty houses. I mean, a, a lot of them. And crying. yeah, I mean, if you if you're a parent with little kids, you're probably mm-hmm. both out with the little kids. Yeah. So right. yeah, crimes of robbery, uh, vandalism go up. Yeah, and I think some of that, too. Reminds me of me childhood. (laughs) Egg and a toilet paper. I think maybe some of that, too, could be, you know, you're in a costume, you're in a mask. Even the people that are doing the bad shit, um, your inhibitions are lower. You're not you for that night. Mm -hmm. Maybe that makes it a little bit more, I don't know, bold, I guess. Also, it's evil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, And actually, it kind of is a little spooky and evil if we want to get stupid. With Ponce, yeah. I'm just uh, <laughs> the evening violent crime count on October 31st is about 50% higher than any other date during the year and about twice the daily average, said Northeastern University professor James Allen Fox. Now, is that country or is that a region? 
Or do we know necessarily? Um, I think it's uh, an average country. Average of the whole consensus. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But people huh. have done studies in Boston and L.A. And it, um, and it averages out all across the country. They found that these um, studies in Boston and L.A. happen to be very, very similar all right. throughout the country. Yeah, like when we were researching this, it said that uh, L.A.'s average crime rate goes up Six 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 percent. Oh, yeah. shut up! Yep. That's I did come across that article, and that's hilarious. Uh, um, so there, there's a few key components to keeping safe over Halloween. Um, I feel like they don't need to be said, you know, but people are interesting beings. People are so. stupid as fuck. I know, right? Yeah. So I mean, don't leave your home unoccupied. If you have to go out, leave lights and the TV on. Ask neighbors to keep a watch. You know, standard stuff. If you're home, make sure your walkway is well lit to prevent trips and falls by children who can't see through their masks. Uh, keep pet indoors and under control. Put away outside movable objects such as grills, lawnmowers, and bicycles that could be stolen, vandalized, or thrown against your home. Against your home. <laughs> what little bastards are just grabbing bikes and just chucking out of your house? This Halloween, <laughs> I'm walking down the street and anything I see that's not nailed down is going through a fucking window. Right. I'm gonna throw this eight burner fucking grill right through the patio door. I don't yeah. care who anybody. This one. Says. This one. I mean, makes sense to me. Park cars in a garage, which you should do if you have one, but if possible, or in well lighted areas, and remove all valuables. Acti- yeah. Activate the car alarm when leaving. Jesus, it sounds like every day in Spokane. Um, and and you know what's crazy is, I've never had a problem on Halloween. I, used, I really haven't either. I, I trick no, or treated not since I was a little kid. I trick or treated my whole entire childhood. Um, I I didn't get in a fight on Halloween. I didn't feel scared. My house never got robbed. I turned into a teenager. I was an agger and a toilet paper. I turned into that guy. And, yeah. Well, and you know what that so. that comes into the claims of yeah, there's. Uh, vandalism increases, broken windows, dents and scratches, um, just general crime all across the board. Yeah, is you'd be surprised what an egg can do. Oh yeah, yeah. So. I think the worst thing that ever happened in my neighborhood when I was growing up was just that uh, some of the older kids would go around and steal the younger kids' candy. But <laughs> those kids were all my friends' older brothers, so right. That never so happened to me. Really, you kind know, of find muted itself. I always joked about doing that, but I never ended up doing it. Well, look at you. I, mean, I, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to John, I see your halo candy. going on. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so pathetic. That's funny. That's but, interesting. But yeah, huh. I mean, um, it definitely is, you know, I guess be... Don't be a douche. How's that sound? Sh- yeah, and you should always be on your toes no matter what, but I guess if there's a bunch of people walking around in masks... Yeah. That poses a problem. No. This isn't going to be Purge part fucking six yeah, or whatever sure. the hell the movie and is. I mean, Purge the TV show. And I mean, I've honestly always felt safe, but I mean, I've grown up in a pretty safe community my whole life, so I, I consider myself lucky in that regards. Um, but I think people should always kind of, you know, be aware of your surroundings. And yeah. yeah I think yeah. that's a good thing to say about that. Definitely. I mean, you know, 666. Statistics. The number of the crims. <laughs> well, you know, when we started this, we started researching, and we we're going to do like, you know, your typical, you know, how, you know, candy, spike candy or razor blade candy is the thing. And then John came on this and was like, oh, this is a little bit more interesting. At least it's useful. Um, we did find a lot of, I guess, empty paths once you start going down something when it comes to Halloween, because it's all about charades, I'm sure. 
And just like on Google, it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. Bunch of spooks and ghouls. Spooks and ghouls. I've been called that once or twice. Um, or do you have any more on your side or? Not really, but it, it, okay. I was just kind of blown away that actually Halloween is one of the most dangerous nights in the country. Yeah, I guess. Like, that's just weird to you know, me. I guess I we thought... really were sheltered growing up here. Uh, yeah, maybe. 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 I, when you said that, I pictured like The Crow, the movie. Mm. You don't remember like the night oh, before yeah. that just shit ran amok? I was yeah, like, oh, yeah like I that think happen? that's how people think of Halloween, but like here it was always more like E.T. when they go out trick-or-treating, you know? Yeah. I'd never seen E.T. What the fuck is wrong with you? I have Ooh. no clue. Well, Press here's pause the thing. on this recording right now. <laughs> Go in the fucking living room and turn that motherfucker on. Here's the story. We had a town that was like 50 miles away from us that every once a month we go up to because, you know, it was 50 miles away and it's Montana. And mom wanted to see E.T. So we go up to the movie theater and E.T. was canceled because it was actually sold out. So instead we watched Firefox with Clint Eastwood. That's a dope movie. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, but it wasn't E.T. No, so but I—I I mean, you could have made that right at any time in the last thirty fucking years. I probably could have, but I. Next, you're going to tell me you've never seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I have seen that, sir. I'm not a complete under the rock guy, <laughs> just because I'm from Montana. I think I might have ET on DVD. I'll, I'll look for it and see if <laughs> on DVD. Yeah, okay. I can lend it to you, dude. If you do that, Josh, I'll—I'll I'll make sure. Maybe I'll invite you over. We'll have like a date night. We'll go from there. So anyway, um, <laughs> shut the fuck up. So John, thank you. Another thing we'd like to roll into, and, and I've got a couple stories, and I think, Josh, you got one or two or maybe uh, not? Yeah, I got one. Okay. Um, this is where we're going to start getting into what's real and what's not. Um, combing through everything on, you know, El Google, you know, you find all these stories and all these urban myths and legends, and, and you find that most of them really aren't true. But there were a couple that kind of fell through the crack, and a couple are real. And then after the fact, we're going to do uh, a quick um, factor bullshit thing, too, to follow up with some of the other ones. So we're going into the true crimes. So we're going into the true crimes. Okay. Okay. So we're going to go from there. Um, I will start the first one, and then we're going to kind of go forth. Uh, some of these, again, are just, it's awful that it happened. But it happened. So, you know, there's that yeah, thing. Yeah, I guess quick disclaimer. Uh, John and I both really enjoy the true crime genre. Shane, not so much. Yeah, I don't like advertising people that are assholes and like mm -hmm. killing people. But, you know, it's Halloween. So in this one, we're going to bring it up. Yet you love horror movies. It's so weird. I know. That's what it is. I love the weird horror movies. Fun. Um, I'm going to roll on the first one. Here we go. It was Halloween night. And Nima Louise Carter's exhausted parents finally lay the 18-month-old asleep in their Oklahoma home. To their horror, she wasn't there the next morning. Creepily, the windows of the room that Nima was in were locked that night, meaning that whatever abducted her must have been hiding in the closet when her parents placed her in the crib. Almost four months later, some children were playing in an abandoned house in the same neighborhood as the Carter household. As they opened the door of the house's refrigerator, they were beyond shocked to find the remains of an 18-month-old baby who was identified as a missing Nima Lewis Carter. Forensic inspection revealed that the child died of suffocation. Horrifically, the exact same situation had occurred the year prior. Three-year-old twin sisters were lured out of their homes by a young woman and abducted, being stuffed into the fridge inside another abandoned home in Lawton, Oklahoma. 
One of the sisters unfortunately met her fate. The other miraculously survived despite being locked in the fridge for two days. <sighs> wow. Two days, though? Two, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, the survivor was able to identify her abductee as Jacqueline Robidoux, a local teenage babysitter. But because of the girl's young age and lack of other evidence at the time, Jacqueline was never indicted. And as fate would have it, Nima Louise Carter's babysitter was none other than the same Jacqueline Robidoux. Obviously, Jacqueline was a prime suspect in the kidnapping and murder of Nima Carter, but again, there was not enough evidence to press charges. Years later, she was finally arrested and formally indicted with the murder of an aforementioned twin sister and given a life sentence. She died in 2005 after being diagnosed with liver cancer in jail. I hope that liver cancer hurt. Oh boy, I hope it went down like, yeah, like a box of nails. Yeah. You know, and again, it, it's sad because of our law system. You look at that, like it's, you know, there was not enough proof to do it, but look at the facts a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or, well, I mean. Know, or get a time machine and see in the future and know she did it. I, I, that's awful. You know, in a refrigerator. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Anyway. How many fucking just random refrigerators are outside in Lawton, Oklahoma. <laughs> Evidently a plethora. Remember the whole thing where it was, you know, kids were dying in like chest yeah. freezers and refrigerators? Well, I remember an episode of Punky Brewster when I was a kid uh, where they were playing in like the apparently... New York has a trash pile behind every apartment building in the 80s. <laughs> and so. uh, they were playing out back and someone got stuck in a refrigerator. And that was like the episode was like, don't like, you know, how all of those shows. Right, like, right. The, the warning of, of the story. Yeah. And that was like, don't play in abandoned refrigerators because you might get trapped inside and die. I right. feel like that was a way bigger Jesus. issue back in the 90s. late 80s. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe it's the latches on the. Fr- I don't know. Maybe it's before they did the magnetic, yeah. you know, close. Anyway. Man. Okay. So uh, I found a pretty interesting story about a uh, weird double murder that happened on Halloween um, back in 2004. So I had a bunch of uh, funny stuff going on, like written down about uh, something that happened in 1995. And I was like pontificating about uh, like Shane was probably in the Navy. John was maybe barely out of diapers, and I was a senior in high school. Uh, and then my computer crashed, and I like flipped the fuck out. And I just want to say for the record, I was ten years old because yeah, it was barely it was just out of for diapers. The record. It was 1995, <laughs> and I was like, uh, you know, been on diapers for a little while. God, you're two years younger than my wife. Oh, pathetic. Anyway, oh, go wow. ahead. Gross. Thanks. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, anyway, um, I found I found this instead. Um, so uh, in 2004 in Napa Valley, uh, it's Halloween night. Roommates Adrian Izonia, a civil engineer for the Napa County Sanitation Department, Leslie Mazzara, a tour guide at the Nebom Coppola Winery, and Lauren Mianza, a volleyball coach, spent the evening handing out candy to trick or treaters and uh, having a Halloween party. So everybody went to bed around 11, weak-ass party. Um, Lauren Mianza <laughs> was uh, sleeping in a, in a downstairs bedroom when she was awakened in the small hours of the morning by crashing and screaming. Uh, she ran out of the house, jumped in her car, and sped off to call the police. 
I'm a dude. I'm also a total fucking dipshit. So I would like to think that I would run to the sound, but in all honesty, like I've heard noises upstairs and gone upstairs to check them out and been so fucking scared. I've yeah. been that guy. Like, you, you wouldn't yeah. have gone towards No, I, I don't think I would have. You'd have hopped off. You'd have like <laughs> yeah. gone out your top window and like, done deal. Aubrey, go, go see what that is. <laughs> Send one of the cats. Here's a baseball bat. No, like, um, I don't know. That's just. It's it's it was when I was first researching it and like oh she just ran out of the house and jumped in her car I was like that's weird but then the more I looked into it and the more I thought about it the more I was like yeah I probably would have done that too yeah um and uh that actually probably saved her life because her roommates were being murdered upstairs uh, uh, Jesus so an attacker had come into the house and brutally stabbed them to death. Um, I found another source that kind of implied that Mianza had found the bodies and saw a male attacker that she couldn't identify. So I don't know. Maybe she saw him on the way out. I don't know. Cause it, like the same source makes it sound like she saw a person, like she maybe went to try to help and saw what was happening and was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Or I'm next. Um, but later in that same article, it's like, Oh yeah. She never saw who like what happened. So I don't know. There's that. That's my awesome, awesome research. Wow. That's uh, um, I mean, that's not the whole story. That's creepy as shit. There's, <laughs> there's that being my awesome research. Um, so the police, fuck the police, weren't really getting anywhere for a while. Uh, they followed a bunch of false leads, even looking into a theory that Mazara's ex-boyfriend's father had become infatuated with her. Uh, she was like a beauty pageant contestant she was oh. a very attractive young woman okay um that's so creepy but whatever so they like that's something they were looking into was like maybe right. it was her ex-boyfriend's creepy dad yeah I mean, um, you have to look at all angles so during the investigation they'd found a bunch of cigarette butts outside the house uh none of the girls smoked so they asked Mianza if she could think of anyone who smoked she named a few people, and the police decided to do a DNA test on the butts to see if they could get anything. It's like early 2000s, so DNA started. You're talking about the cigarettes, right? No. Ass. <laughs> um, yes, the cigarette butts. <laughs> That's so, a nice comeback, though. That was really quick, dude. So they didn't... Uh, it, it was still like DNA testing was coming along, so they got like a basic profile, but... Uh, yeah, because again, this is what, mid-80s, yeah, right? No, uh, mid-2000s. Oh, mid oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, okay. sorry. Um so they got a profile suggesting that the person who had smoked the cigarettes was probably white of European descent and had blue or green eyes. Uh, when this information came out, Eric Matthew Copel turned himself in for the murders. Well, I, I read that they, as soon as the DNA, they, they asked a bunch of people to clear their names and they brought a lot of people in and he refused to give his DNA. Oh, that's so what I read too. He refused yeah. to give his DNA. And like a year later, um, and I could be wrong about that, uh, span of time. Yeah. But he, he was the only one that refused to give his DNA. And eventually I think he probably felt the walls closing in and then he turned himself in. But, uh, yeah, he didn't like, he refused to give his DNA. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense than the way I read it. I was like, yeah, because he he went for like two years without them knowing having like really any leads besides a DNA profile. Yeah, and they and it from what I read, they didn't get to the DNA profile right away. Like yeah, it was like a year or two right, into it. Right. He just re he refused 
Yeah. He wouldn't, he wouldn't do it. Well, that's close. a fucking red flag right there. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, go figure. Yeah. I mean, if you're innocent, just go ahead and. So, uh, from what I read, he was also one of the p- people that Mianza identified when they were like, do you know anyone who like smokes Turkish gold? Mm-hmm. Like, is that what it was called? <laughs> camel Turkish gold. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I mean, every I've smoker never heard has that. their I preferred brand, that right? Yeah. It's a real cigarette. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, he was. He was one of the people she had been like, well, he smokes him, but like at the time she didn't suspect him of it, apparently. Like she was just like, I don't know. He was there. He was smoking. Hmm. Um, he was friends with the girls and was dating one of the best friends of Adrian Izonia, Lily Prudhomme. Um, in the time between the murders and the confession, uh, couple and Prudhomme had, oh, sorry. So they were engaged, uh, the friend of the girls oh, and, okay. the, and the killer. Eric, they were engaged, um, but they had just right before Halloween broken it off and like postponed the wedding, if not broken up completely. Mm. So, um, but in between the times of the murder and the confession, uh, they reconciled and got married. So, like, can you imagine of that? Of course like, they did. This horrific thing happens when your best friends gets murdered. Uh, you end up getting back together with your boyfriend, and then like a year after that, you find out that he's the one that killed. One of your best friends. I, I honestly, what the, what's that situation look like when you find that out? Well, like, um, yeah, one of the mother, the mother of, I guess his mother-in-law. Yeah. Was like, I vouched for you. I invited you into the family, you know, all the while you're like, she was. Yeah. Pretty. Oh, even pretty, uh, uh, even his upset. wife, who I assume became his ex-wife, probably pretty quickly after that, was I still would think so. kind of defending him and being like he had like a gentler side and like I never saw anything like that in him. Like it was pretty wild. Yeah, but I know people like that who they're enablers. Like that's what they do because it, it's that's the best thing they've had in their life, and so it, I I don't get it, but. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like uh from from the articles I read it never said like why the engagement got broken off just that that might have been what set him off. Right. Right. Um, huh. Fucking crazy. Yeah. Okay. So everything I read about this said that Koppel never gave a motive and I believe that uh some of the articles played up that for like spooky mystery effect, you know. They were like, and it was he never gave a motive." If they talked um, like that through the whole court trial, that would have been funny. Yeah. It, just well, saying it would have been but uh, I think it's more to it than that. So he struck he struck a plea bargain with uh, the prosecution, and um, as a condition, stated that he would not talk about the murders in the press or for monetary gain. Like that was one of the conditions of him basically not getting the death penalty, hmm. um, and that if he does, any money made from it had to go to a couple of charities that the mothers of the victims chose. Um, yeah. So everything I read said he was like actually remorseful as well like he was like right. i don't know what what came over me like not I just like just a, this a fucking and, gacy type thing where yeah. there's no, there's nothing there you know type yeah you know. um and then the one article that i read that was from the blog about how forensic files rules <laughs> um they uh they pointed out a few things uh as to motive though um so as i said their engagement had been broken off um, and it seems like he may have blamed Insonia for that. Uh, so the wedding was supposed to be in Hawaii, but with it called or canceled indefinitely, Lily and Adrian had uh, been planning a trip to Australia 
because uh, Adrian was a structural engineer and like wanted to climb the Harbor Bridge or something like that in Sydney. Um, Beautiful bridge, by the way. Yes. Oh wait, yes, you've been there. I've seen it. I've yeah. been there. Yeah, a couple been times. There. Oh, Sydney. you you guys have traveled the world. Yeah. Well, that's cool. <laughs> I we did it differently, <laughs> but we still did. <laughs> yeah, I just partied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to serve my country. So yeah. There's so um, so with that, uh, they there was like suspicion that maybe he was pissed that they were planning this trip when they were when he was feeling like they were supposed to be getting married. Um, and uh, in the book Nightmare in Napa, the wine country the wine country murders, uh, Paul Larosa talks about Koppel's upbringing as someone who had to move a lot due to his father's military career, saying uh, maybe he was desperate for a sense of stability, and breaking the engagement may have pushed Fucking him bullshit. over the edge. Um, these are all just theories from yeah from like amateur true crime writers, like right. not right even the police, you know, but, um, that was, that was one theory. Um, he also mentions an alternate theory that, uh, Mazzara was the real threat to the relationship saying that, uh, couple had maybe, um, made a pass at Mazzara. Cause like I said, she was a former like contestant in Miss South Carolina. Like, right. Like, uh, she was, I saw pictures of her while I was reading through these and she was very attractive. Like I could see that being a thing. Um, and that this could also, uh, be possible as he killed her first. Um, oh, okay. So maybe, and and it was the other girl, Adriana Sonia, that was best friends with his fiance. And then uh, the girl he killed first was the roommate that he may have or may not have made a pass at. Um, so it's plausible. Like nobody knows for sure because he's not talking about it. Um well, I wouldn't think you know. he would. <laughs> well, I mean, he he admitted to it, and he got life without parole. Like, so how many years does he have left? Do we know that? Like, is it just he's life sentenced? Yeah, life without possibility Done. of parole. Okay. So yeah. unless they well, give good. him a compassionate thing because he wasn't an asshole while he was in prison and whatever, but yeah, uh, well, yeah. I don't know if they'll it do is. that. Sometimes they do when they get really old, but hmm. um, oh damn! Oh wow! Yeah, I just thought it was interesting because. Also, he might have killed the roommate first to just get her out of the way, you know? Um, right. And I can't remember which uh, which one of the mothers was saying, like, my baby never wore a turtleneck sweater once in her life, but she had to wear one at her funeral because he, like, was pretty, oh, Jesus. pretty savage with the knife. But mm. yeah. Again, folks. A mystery. <laughs> God, true crime. Bullshit. True uh, crime. Too much. Anyway, dude, awesome. Thank you. Um, I've got one other short one here that we'll do. And then uh, we will roll into more fun stuff because we do have fun stuff lined up. Even though you guys don't think we do, we do. I mean, Halloween should be fun, right? Yeah, a little bit. I think we finish off about how dangerous the day is and people getting murdered. Right. We just razor blades and candies and, you know, we just want to keep our sweet, sweet listener babies safe. (laughs) That's so weird you said that. I know. Sometime during the early morning Halloween hours of 1981, a Manhattan couple named Ronald Sisman and Elizabeth Platzman were murdered in their apartment, which was located near Greenwich Village. The couple was severely beaten before being shot in the head, execution style, and the apartment was completely ransacked. Uh, Sisman was rumored to be involved in drugs, so authorities initially believed that to be the motive for the killings, this was what it was. 
However, the case took a bizarre turn when a prison informant claimed that one of his fellow inmates had somehow predicted the crime weeks before it actually happened. That inmate turned out to be none other than the notorious son of Sam killer, David Berkowitz, in 1977. Berkowitz was convicted of a series of shootings which took the lives of six victims and left seven others wounded. There has always been speculation that the Berkowitz was a, involved with a satanic cult and did not commit all of the Son of Sam murders on his own. But again, that's all speculated. Mm. Um, according to the informant, Berkowitz had told him that his cult was planning to enter a residence near Greenwich Village on Halloween. They perform a ritual murder uh, by shooting a couple in the head before ransacking the place to remove incriminating evidence. When questioned about this, Berkowitz claimed that Sisman possessed snuff footage of the one and of Son of Sam shootings and was planning to hand it over to the authorities to avoid some drug charges. While no evidence was found to support Berkowitz's claims, he did provide an eerily accurate description of Sisman's apartment. No one knows if the murders of Sisman and Plasman had anything to do with the Son of Sam case, but they are still unsolved. So with that being said, Having Son of Sam involved, first off, mm -hmm. weird. You know, especially back before it even happened. Well, is that guy still in custody to this day? Uh, I would be surprised you know, I don't if know. he's not dead. But then I'm again, not on the true crime. Again, I'm not on the true crime thing. It would be interesting if he was. I have no clue. But this whole thing, so it hit, it spread out again. You know, it's one of those things that happened in uh, 1981. It, it just... It seemed like there was a lot of weird shit happening in the early 80s, and I think maybe that lent a little cause to... I know my mom freaked out a little bit about the satanic panic that they talked yeah. about. My parents did too. Right. You know, Rivera had a show on TV, this and that. Oh, yeah. But I, I think that because of the serial killers and the mass murders like Berkowitz, but I think that's a lot to do with it just because of that that age, I think. But, you know, bringing Berkowitz into it again. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. and whenever uh, homicide goes like unsolved, um, people will start trying to connect it to fucking anything. Oh, of course they're going yeah. to. You know, one like, thread leads to another thread type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so was Sisman, did I already ask this? Was Sisman arrested? No, he was murdered. He was murdered. Yeah, he was one of the murdered. Yeah. 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 Uh, you talking about Berkowitz? You're talking about well, Son of Sam? Not Son, son of Sam. Um, so Sisman was one who was. One of the he, mur he murdered the couple. Yeah. No, he was one no, of the couples. No, he was, oh, he one, was of one of the couples. Oh, Manhattan okay. couple. Oh, yeah, Ronald yeah. Sisman and Elizabeth Platzman. Okay, and no one knows who murdered them. Yeah. You're right. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But um, the reason gotcha. it linked back is because of uh, David a funny Berkowitz story because of David Berkowitz. He was like, yeah, my cult is going to And he knew this. the layout of the apartment. He knew everything else was going on. That's kind of, hmm. yeah. I don't know. I mean, is, is, it, is it recorded fact that he did say this? Berkowitz? Yeah. Well, yeah, he or actually it was because he said in the court trial as well after the fact, you know, that he had an uncanny layout, you know, and the same thing where he knew Sisman because of the snuff footage that he requested supposedly, mm. and that I was part of that I wonder if he too. was uh, doing some remote viewing and looking, doing a little bit of a precognition, <laughs> oh, or if he was remote viewing and doing a little bit of precognition, so he just could kind of like. He knew that this was going to happen. Wouldn't that flip even, the tables? Even even if he had no no correlation with it, nothing to do with it, but he was able to 
have precognition and a little bit of remote viewing. So he was able to see his way around the apartment. The son of Sam, the yeah. best remote viewer we've ever had. Yeah. That's too bad. He's in nuts. prison. You, you guys have got to watch that movie. <laughs> well, there's I still some better to the group chat <laughs> about still... the remote Which viewer one? that kills serial killers. Oh, Jesus Christ. Suspect oh. zero. Uh, dude, Ben Kingsley's in it. Aaron Eckhart. Uh, Oh really? Yeah. Carrie Ann Moss. Like, Oh, what's it called? Uh, Suspect Zero. Mm. It's right. actually like, it could be a lot better, but it's actually really good. Well, and I'm just thinking if David Berkowitz actually said this, the son of Sam Killer was like, yo, my cult is going to do this, and that hadn't happened yet. And then all of a sudden it happens in the future. Y- yeah, but don't you like think maybe some, there's some either, inside job there? Well, that's either he's working from within side and handling everything, you know, like, Kind of like Manson did. Manson did the same shit. Sending out the messages to his followers or whatever. Or is there a fun, crazy (laughs) theory is precognition. But is there there any real evidence that he was in a cult or was that just shit he was saying while he was trying to get off? That was shit he was saying. That was never proven that he was part of that or his cult or the cult that he supposedly was part of was doing this other stuff. That was never proven. Yeah, he was just basically trying to say, I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. He was really so trying means, to fucking So that means my hypo- hypothesis has even more weight. You know what? With or, precognition and remote viewing. Or, <laughs> and stick with me here, he did kill the couple himself, and that's why he knew, had an uncanny knowledge of the... Well, wasn't what he, if? Wasn't he already in prison by the time he, they were murdered? What if Isn't he that was... the crazy thing about What if it? he was astral I traveling? Don't think so. And he traveled out of his body... Killed the couple, came back to prison. Nobody would know. I don't know if your astral body can do that. I don't know no, if it has that. Nobody. I don't know really if it can exist in the. Nobody the can prove world. remote viewing either. So I don't know. I've, I've heard a lot uh, of pe- stories where people, people can are, absolutely prove remote viewing actually, and it has been proven. Well, and I got to read that book when you're done reading it. Uh, documents so. proving it. We did a whole episode on it, Shane. I, I know feel like did. I proved it. Well, already. I'm still kind of leaning on the fence post on that one, but you know, interesting. So, <laughs> just amazing. Anyway, nonetheless, whatever crackpot there is, we have. Um, interesting just to bring Son of Sanam into it because fuck, that guy was wacko anyway. You know, so were all the other ones. And this is why I don't like true crime because human beings are fucking fucked. I, I just, oh, God, what they I, think of something. I think that's why I think it's kind of fascinating, though. It is really interesting. It is in its own little way, but man, it's Yeah, scary. you can definitely go down a rabbit hole and get, like, there are times where I'm, like, jamming a bunch of, like, wild two crime broadcasts at work, and I'm just like, I don't feel good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right, it literally affects you a little bit. So, like, but anyway, but well, those are the stories we have um, on the true crime, because we said we're going to do that. There was some weird shit that happened around the Halloween time frame. So, with that being said, uh, we're going to get into some funner stuff. Funner is not a word, but we're going to get into it. And uh, stand by for that right after this. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality? Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates.
And welcome to Factor Bullshit with Shane, John, and Josh. Shane's going to read us some facts, and we're going to decide if they're fact or bullshit, which I guess makes them not facts right out the gate. He's going to tell us some things, and we're going to decide if we think he's full of shit or not. We'll see if that works or not. 1962 Halloween bullshit. murders. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't believe in 1962. Never existed, because if there's a remote viewing thing going on, you know, you have that. The annual celebration of Halloween is typically associated with symbols of murder, mayhem, and madness. But of the playful show variety, celebrants don't generally engage in those behaviors, but rather act them out with the costumes and props in the name of good, safe, and spooky fun. However, a gruesome non-played Halloween incident happened in Ohio. The black masked revealer who killed seven people with a kitchen knife at a costume party on Halloween night of 1962 and fled the scene. Never to be identified, captured, or brought to justice. Little is known of the case, mainly due to all participants in the party being, well, fucking dead. There's that thing. Um, <laughs> when the police, <laughs> right? So when the police showed up after a neighbor called regarding weird happenings next door, they were horrified to see the scene: seven people either strangled or stabbed throughout the house, with not signs of a motive, a weapon, or a suspect. Was there signs of a giant struggle? Um, everybody was dead. Mm. Not so. from kung fu fighting? Not from kung fu fight. Well, I'm not sure how he killed them. So there's that. Well, you did say but there were knife stabs. stabbed. So <laughs> I think we're pretty I don't sure know if there's strangling them. is in kung fu. I'm not sure. I think I've heard of this. This is the uh, case of the black mask butthole stabber. Um, I don't think butthole is in the word, sir. But yes, it was a black mask stabber. Correct. And so let me, I just want to make sure I get my facts straight. There were seven people, eight, including the suspected killer. Correct. Once um, again, weak fucking party. And, uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> well, um, 1962. So, I mean, I feel like they would be having ragers back in 1962. I think there'd be weed and fucking acid and something going on, but whatever. This of, is Ohio. A bunch of unprotected sex. We can't, we can't, uh, we can't judge. So. Um, okay. So is it, is it possible that there's more than one suspect? I guess it's entirely possible, possible. but the police never thought that. Police thought that it was one because it was the same knife, same stab wounds, and there's a picture. And everyone was stabbed to death. Everyone was dead. And Were they all in the same room? The, he locked him in the kitchen. He locked him in the kitchen. Yes, and there's a picture of said blast black masked man um, that was in the kitchen with him that he took just before he stabbed everybody. But again, he's not to be found. Oh, wait. Nor found. There is an actual picture. There is an actual picture. Can we yes. see said actual picture? No. This is a podcast. I don't like the rules of this <laughs> fucking game. I mean, I know Sorry. it's an audio medium, but like we're here with our eyeballs in the yeah, studio. Well, yeah. I didn't go through that much homework. So um, here's the facts. What do you guys think? What do you think? Quote unquote facts. <laughs> what do you think? Facts or bullshit? Oh man, I don't know. Uh, I think it's bullshit because I just have a hard time believing one man could like stab seven people to death in a not, room and not like I. If I was at a party with seven other people and someone went ham and someone went crazy, like I would do my best to fight that person. Also. And if I didn't, okay, there's two options for me. If, <laughs> I love how you're thinking this thing out. Yeah. If, I'm, if I'm all ears. Okay. Either A, I would be like, okay, fuck this guy. I'm going to fucking 
disarm him and sedate him and hopefully my friends are going to help me with this my six you know there yeah. we'll we'll say there's like three casualties that get stabbed real quick yeah so but what if like five or of my friends we, we go and take him down and disarm him he doesn't have enough knife for us all and then also <laughs> if he's locking us in the kitchen i've never been in a kitchen that i can be locked into but maybe yeah, those it, kitchen it, doors are pretty flimsy i will say well, uh, I mean, I've just never been in a kitchen where there's like there a was door. an actual door. So, but hey, I don't know the the. I mean, maybe it architecture was a fancy of the house. old house. Yeah, but. I don't know the architecture of the house. But the, uh, scenario B, I am locked into a kitchen, and I see a man start stabbing everybody, and I go, "Fuck this!" And I unlock the door. And I walk out and I run away. Shane's because, rather because, flimsy story doesn't be, say anything about them being like tied up or anything. Yeah, because you can't. The yeah, killer. True. Yeah, well, because the, also the killer. Cops. Also, the killer can't lock the door from the outside and then get in unless like he locks the door no. from the outside and then crawls through the kitchen window. And That's everybody's wrong. like, has a key. Everybody's like, hey, Larry, what the hell are you doing? What about one of those through doors where they go both ways and they always have locks, just like in a regular kitchen? Lock it, done. Those are hard to get a bloody hand on. I'm calling bullshit on this story. I'm just going to say I'm calling bullshit. Okay. I want to call bullshit. Because I've looked through the facts in my mind. You remote viewed them? I've I've remote viewed these, and I'm saying uh, two remote viewing thumbs down for this story. I want to say it's bullshit, but then I, I keep thinking about that scene in fucking The Kingsman where noted action hero Colin Firth murders all those people in that church. Oh, that was such an awesome scene. So, that was really cool. I mean... Yeah, totally base your uh, possible, opinion on lies right? in Hollywood. Yeah, that's a good idea, Stoll. <laughs> okay, so you're saying bullshit. You're saying... Oh, that didn't fucking happen. <laughs> okay, here we go. It is complete bullshit. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so what actually happened with the story was uh, supposedly this came out not in Ohio, but Idaho originally. And it's been surfacing through the, the internet back and forth for years and years and years. There is a picture involved, which I didn't want to show you because it's a fucking hokey picture. Um, yeah, never happened. You know, it was one of those things that they just, it was a planned thing. So yeah, there you go. Okay. A plan, right. Wait, a planned thing is in a lie or is in a Internet urban murder? legend type okay. going okay. on. Yeah. All right. So anyway. So everyone is alive and well. Everybody's alive and well. Was. Unless it died from old age. It was 62, so we don't know. All right. Onwards and upwards. Here's another story. The mummy. We're one for one, by the way. Yeah, you guys, yeah, not too bad. I thought you were going to go the other yes. way, but that's... I thought it. he was... I wanted, like it host. Yeah. I actually wanted him to go the other way, to <laughs> be the only did. one that was right. Right, right, right. <laughs> God, so funny. Um, in October 7th, 1911, the not Fake. famous, the not successful, and not rich outlaw Elmer McGurdy was gunned down by a posse shortly after he robbed a train of approximately $46 and two jugs of whiskey in Oklahoma. Totally worth it. I know, right? Just, just a whiskey about alone. To say, Elmer, baby, what is you doing? Yeah, I, I don't know what his whole fucking premise is there. Um, it's quite possible that he had already consumed the whiskey by the time the posse caught up with him. Elmer McCurdy wanted to be a big outlaw and accomplish this goal. He assembled a ragtag gang. In March 1911, the gang robbed a train in Kansas, obtained a pathetic amount of money. Elmer McCurdy's grime wave uh, continued until the aforementioned train heist in October mentioned above. In between the two train robbers, uh, robbers, sorry, he was rumored that the gang pulled some other minor heist, but uh, none records, uh, none of the records are shown. 
actions have been lost over the decades, regardless of what crimes they performed. They were not the legendary outlaws they wished to be, and in fact were quite the opposite. In an ironic note, it is believed that they just barely missed holding up trains, carrying large payrolls and valuables. After McCurdy was gunned down, his body went to local undertaker in Puhuska El... God, these fucking Midwest names. Puhuska El... Oklahoma. Can I see the a word? A state. <laughs> no, it's, it's a P-A-W-H-U-S-K-A. Pahuska. Pahuska. There's no pata in there. Uh, Pahuska. Right? Yeah, I've got to scroll away from the sick burn I was working up. I know, right? I think Pahuska makes sense. I think Pahuska is one. So after McCurdy was gunned down, his we body went to local under- undertaker in Pahuska, Oklahoma, who naturally embalmed the corpse using arsenic solution. Since he was very proud of his work and no next of kin had arrived yet to collect the body, the undertaker put the body on display, allowing the locals to see for one nickel apiece. Rumor has it that the nickels were placed in Elmer's mouth and later collected by the Undertaker. The Undertaker named him the bandit that wouldn't give up. In 1915, two men arrived at the Undertaker's claiming to be the brothers of McGurdy. In reality, they were carnival promoters who wanted to add the corpse to the traveling show. Elmer went on tour throughout the country as an attraction uh, with the carnival known as Great the, the Great Patterson Shows. He was often displayed as the same, the bandit who wouldn't give up, or the famous Oklahoma outlaw, and even occasionally just as an ancient mummified cadaver. After his time in the carnival, he apparently turned up in an amusement park's haunted house near Mount Rushmore, then to a crime museum in Los Angeles before moving to the Hollywood Wax Museum. In 1976, the $6 million man was preparing to film a few scenes for an episode called Carnival of Spies. A worker apparently moved the hanging man, which caused one of his arms to fall off, revealing bones inside what had been previously thought to be a fake prop. Fact or bullshit? Well, I have a few oh, questions. Jesus fucking Christ. How, um, so how was this thing mummified? Well, how, how, did, how did the said thing look? The Undertaker was a real good embalmer. I mean, apparently. Yeah, because he literally uh, shot arsenic in it. So, so you know, he made it look whatever. Is arsenic so, okay, a preservative as well as a poison? It was back in the day, so but it was mixed with something else. I too. guess my question is, it wasn't like wrapped in stereotypical Egyptian mummy It, it didn't look like thing. a mummy, So it, that's what you're taking. It, it yeah. looked like a guy. Yeah, like a like a fucking dried up guy, it like a mummy, like a like a wax figure. Okay. Like yeah. it, it looked like a dead mummy guy in clothes and just right, and just nobody mm. noticed that for was, however many years. That like, I mean, hey, that actually looks like a dead body. Nineteen eleven, mind you. So at nineteen eleven, and this is nineteen seventy six when somebody finally broke a hand off to go. That's Shit. what it, that's what it took. Oh yeah. And so it bounces around for that long. You be the judge. Uh, I'm going to say that is a true story. I think the... Because fact is stranger than fiction. I think the aforementioned train heist in October mentioned above is when famous outlaw Elmer McCurdy was killed. And that's it. So you're going to say bullshit? Yeah, I'm calling bullshit. You're going to say bullshit on this one? I, I, okay, say, so. I say fact. 
I say this. Okay, so crazy you're changing. Shit. So you're saying bullshit. You're saying fact. No, I'm saying this actual story happened. Okay. Yeah, he's he's like, I think this is a Ripley's Believe It or Not. It yeah. really happened situation. And totally. I'm like, eh. Yeah, totally. It is completely fact. Hey, it is everybody. fact, everybody. It is Whatever. fact. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's more to it, actually. Two for two, baby. <laughs> so more to it. Medical examiners and forensic es- experts determined that McCurdy had been shot by bullet and approximated the manufacturer date as the early 1900s from the half copper jacket that was still in the body. Further evidence about the identity of the corpse was gathered when they discovered stuff um, stuffed inside Elmer's mouth in 1924 penny and a ticket for the, <laughs> Jesus, stand by for it. The Louis Sonny's Museum of Crime, formerly on 521 South Main Street, Los Angeles. It didn't take long to locate the, far, the former owner's son who identified the corpse and explain how his father would charge a quarter for people to see it. Elmer McGurdy's identity was finally discovered by April 1977 using a method called medical superimposition, where they overlaid photos of McGurdy with x-rays of the mummy. Elmer was finally buried in Summit View Cemetery in Guthrie, Oklahoma, almost 66 years after his demise, with the town residents giving him a parade ride to the cemetery. His tombstone reads... Elmer McGurdy shot by Sheriff's Posse on Osage Hills on October 7, 1911, returned to Guthrie, Oklahoma from Los Angeles County, California for burial April 22nd, 1977. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I cool, should have huh? known when it was the early 1900s because we were shit back then. We had no clue what was going on. Everything dumb happened in the early 1900s. <laughs> well, I mean, I asked, I asked the questions that I needed to ask, and by logical deductive reasoning. True. That's very true. So, <laughs> Okay, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I got one more here for fact or bullshit, oh, and then uh, yeah, and we can baby. wrap up. I'm, I'm so, two for yeah, two. Because, yeah, exactly. You got, a, you got a marathon here. All right. We ready? Letters from a possessed house. Oh, shit. England, 1966. A long-lost nephew from America that had an eccentric uncle from England accepted an inheritance mainly due to such a small family, and he was the only one left in the bloodline due to a series of horrific accidents in regards to the rest of the family. He kissed his wife of 10 years along with his four-year-old son and set out to England. He mainly wanted to just settle and go through the home of his long-lost uncle. The plan was for two months to siphon through things family memorabilia, etc. What happened instead was not what he had planned. Uh, fast forward a month. The Bobbies, which evidently that's cops in England, arrived and found several letters splayed out on the main dining room table. They followed. Arrived in town, English hospitality is great. Took a short train to this state and a short local taxi ride. Amazing how beautiful this place is. History in the making, and it seems Uncle Steers knew about his up-and-coming death and put most things in order. Miss you and will write as I discover my family heritage. Um, There were many letters in between, um, many showing that he was slowly going madder downhill, according to the investigation afterwards. uh, But then the last letter sums the possession of the house up. I'm lost. The house has me. Never did I think. It breathes. It lives Uncle Steers knew this, and maybe he found the balance, but I cannot. My soul is lost. This follows with a police description that was in the Daily Telegraph um, in that area. Uh, On November 1st, 315, 
A man was found dead and in a state on reports of neighbors. Autopsy has not revealed the cause. However, the sergeants on scene say it was gruesome, almost like an attack that uh, the victim was unaware. It showed signs of as if strangulation by vine or a plan of some kind, but sergeants have not confirmed. There was, however, a letter in his hands that seemed to be the last note or letter written. Reports will follow up. And that's all there was. Mm. What are we thinking? Oh, in 66... 1966. Yeah. Year of Satan, supposedly. Anton LaVey, I guess. Damn it, I, can't I think cheat. that's why I stumble on this. Uh, I feel like that sounds like an episode of lore, but it should come from like 1866. Yeah, yeah good call. What do you think, John? Mm, I want to have some questions. I'm lost. The house has me. Never did I think it breathes. It lives. Oh, I like that Uncle accent. Steers knew. He knew yeah. this, and maybe he found the balance, but I cannot. My soul is lost. Okay, so like with, Shakespeare all over with that, I'm calling bullshit. You're calling bullshit? Yeah, just I, because of how he read it Just, just because now? of how he read it. I was like, okay. If that, yeah, that's an Edgar That's Allen a novel. Shit. If that is an yeah, actual right. quote, and I can see it being read by that, like that, um... <laughs> That's all I need to think that this is Okay, bullshit. so you're a bullshit. What do you think there, Josh? Dude, uh, I'm going to say bullshit because I don't... That doesn't sound like the way people would write telegraphs or letters in the 60s. Yeah, mm. true, but this was England, though. So, yeah, but he yeah, wasn't... maybe it's different. But he wasn't English. He was an American... He was, but they mentioned Bobby's in the story, so yeah, I was like, because that's I didn't know what the hell that punch was. Up that also bullshit. makes me think that it's bullshit. Yeah, true. Also, okay, so bullshit, let's, bullshit. Let's call him boobies. Uh, fuck yes. the police. All right, bullshit, bullshit. And it is bullshit, everybody. <laughs> I actually wrote that story myself. So, oh really? Yeah, yeah. I put that little ditty together. <laughs> wow. Well done, Shane. <laughs> So, any hook. Um, I wrote a short story a long time ago, and that's out of a short story I wrote that I never bothered doing anything with. Well, so, there's that. Any hook. I'm, I'm three lost. for three on that. I love that. The yeah. house has me. <laughs> is this so dramatic? <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, that is... Bullshit? Fact and bullshit. Oh, yeah. Fact and bullshit. I forgot I was doing that. <laughs> Clap, laugh, audience. da 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 so we want to start off Halloween, you know, at least some fun, at least a little bit. Um, that's kind of what we have. The only other thing with wrap-ups on my side is, you know, I Sue, thank you for writing in, by the way. You know, we really didn't get a chance to kind of expand on that story, but, you know, goddamn. I'd like to get into that a little and bit. And also dreams. And, and also everything. dreams. I think, I think uh, in Western civilization, I don't think we put too much stock into our dreams. No, it's your subconscious farting, John. Didn't you know that? (laughs) I mean, I I think there needs to be a lot more. I don't know. We spend half of our life sleeping. Right. There's got to be something there, right? You know, to me, it seems like there's a lot of actual reality to our dreams and while we're sleeping. Um, Just because we're laying in bed and, you know, our physical bodies aren't moving. Um I think maybe we're more susceptible for a different kind of plane of consciousness to come in. and I think so, too. I think there's another gateway there. I, I really do. Yeah, like I, her I really dad, do I mean, I, I think he, that was just a way for 
for that person to reach out yeah. and get a hold of them. And I, I uh, yeah, and, you know, and, and you know, yeah. and that's when that's when you're, and that's when your kind of physical skeptical mind is shut off, right? And right, it's a when, rest. It's not when all your right. guards are down and you can actually accept these certain other energies or whatever they are. Yeah, to come in and for you to really accept. Yeah, rather no, than I agree. Con- consistently block them because you're an adult and that's not real and that doesn't happen. Well, because you got to be rationale in this society and this yeah. is you know this is what's going on and da da. But when your brain's not there, when you're kind of a, maybe that other side takes over. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something yeah. said about that, but you know, yeah, Sue always, and along with anybody else, you know, right in this kind of stuff that we love and we love talking about it. Um, again, this is the last episode before all Hallows Eve. And so hopefully it was good for you guys. Um, oh, it was good for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you're doing this whole thing with your pants off. So thing was good. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Um, anybody have anything else for wrap ups? Any promos, anything? Uh, check out the Necro Pants on Instagrams. <laughs> yeah, those are fucking crazy. I really want everybody to uh, watch A Witness to Another World and tell us about it and what you think. Because, I don't know, I, I want to have a conversation about it eventually because I just, man, I just thought it was so cool. That whole myth and history behind it is just, again, the Icelandic folk, my God, the detail that they have in their their beliefs. It blows my mind. It just blows my mind. Yeah. It's crazy. And, uh, what was the name of the documentary again? It's a witness to another world. Yeah. Uh, I want to see that. I want to talk about it. I think it, I mean, yeah, super I, I just, I've read if, about, it. I think it merits. It really does. Yeah. I just think if anybody, if anybody has the time, it's an hour and 20 minutes, uh, six bucks on Amazon. You have the time people, uh, just watch it. And I mean, Yeah. Yeah. I, I love I love the UFO phenomenon, all that. So, I think it's interesting when it comes from a point of where the people are coming from. So I can't stop. Watching. I'm probably gonna go home after this and watch it again. So yeah. yeah, that's just that's just my little blurb. You got anything, Josh? Uh, I'm just kind of interested in like where it, people that listen to the shows like Hardline is about. Like I'll entertain the idea of this being. A, a real thing that I'll seriously think about to just being like, nah, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. You know likewise. what I mean? Likewise. Um, like, just, where's it lie? Cause there's sometimes we're kind of on this side of the fence a lot and then coming back on, you know, well, I, like, I feel we, you know, we have a fair share, but it'd be interesting. I mean, I do it all the time where I'm like, yeah, I totally think remote viewing is a real thing. Right. And, but also like, if you talk to me about like, uh, something that's equally fantastical and just as based in reality. I'm, but I don't know a lot about it. I'll be like, eh, whatever, that's bullshit. You know what I mean? I think there's one thing to be said, you know, I've got an open, I think we all really have an open mind if you fucking prove the argument. And that's what some of that is like, you know, give me some facts and figures, make me think about it. Let me wrap my head around a little bit, you know, see what mm. it is. Um, I, I don't know. You know, something you said about the open mind. But, you know, especially on Halloween. So hopefully everybody has a great Halloween. Um, but we are going to kind of close the gates. But we're going to let Elvira do it, if that's cool. Sure. Is that hokey? Let Elvira do it. <laughs> yeah, she can do the hard work. So. And until then, this is Elvira, the gal who put the boob back in the boob tube, saying, 
unpleasant dreams.